Hey guys, hope you're doing well. Back again. I actually want to tackle two subjects today. One, you'd know I was going to get after. That is the UNC scandal, or lack thereof at this point. Uh, the fact that we are finally past it, and just wanted to give my thoughts on that. The second being, Colin Kaepernick once again is back in the news. He is going to apparently try to prove that the NFL is colluding against him. This is going to be very interesting, and I want to get my thoughts in on it. But before we do that, y'all know the rules. Let's drop the beat and get to it. Hey guys, welcome back, welcome back, you're listening to the Mind of Mike J podcast. Again, I apologize, I haven't been putting episodes up as frequently, but I wanted to really take the time to tackle multiple subjects today, because I figured the least I can do is give you some quality to these episodes, if I'm not going to be releasing them as often as I would like. Now, the first thing that I'm going to be going into uh, is, again... A lot of people were buzzing about anybody that's been paying attention to college sports. As you guys know, if you've been listening to my content, you know I have talked about it several times, and it has finally come to conclusion. The UNC academic scandal, the NCAA over the weekend found or issued zero penalties and basically acknowledged what I have been saying for months, which is that they are out of their they needed they were basically they needed to stay in their lane they were outside of their jurisdiction trying to punish UNC for um, the quote-unquote quality of their classes now to read the official statement and this is coming from the New York Times the NCAA's committee on infractions concluded it lacked the power to punish the university under the rules of the NCAA, an association that expects members to govern themselves and establishes a wide berth when it comes to determining what qualifies as academic progress. And so, quote, NCAA policy is clear, said Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference who led the panel. The NCAA defers to its member schools to determine whether academic fraud occurred. And ultimately, the panel is bound to making decisions within the rules set by the membership. In other words, guys, to put it in layman terms, the NCAA gives their member schools the ability to basically govern themselves in that aspect. Which is, if UNC says that their classes were legitimate, then the NCAA has to take their word for it. It is not; They are not in the business of determining whose classes are legitimate and who isn't. I feel like they have known that for quite some time, and at this point, going into anybody that's been paying attention to the case should know, really what they were going for was uh, the impermissible benefit charge, which basically means that, okay, we don't know if these classes were legit or not legit, but it is clear that only athletes were able to benefit from them, except for the fact that the classes were available to all students. You could go on the university website, look up the course catalog, and find the African-American studies quote-unquote paper classes. So, in other words, anybody could have used it. 
just because maybe more athletes knew about it, just because it was more common knowledge amongst the athletes than maybe other people, which might explain why the enrollments are so high amongst athletes. It is what it is. Doesn't mean as a student you weren't allowed to enroll. Doesn't mean that you were ever... Doesn't mean that athletes were ever given some kind of added benefit that other people weren't. And again, I bring up the fact that you can go to Stanford, you can go to University of Southern California, you can go to Auburn, you can go on their course catalogs and find courses specifically outlined for athletes. They all offer academic. They all offer, excuse me, academic credit. For, for simply being a varsity athlete. And I've talked about this before. You can find sports that... You can find a section where it says varsity sports taught by a member of the athletic department, and it will specifically say that you must be an athlete in order to take the class. That would be an impermissible benefit, but for some reason the NCAA does not feel the need to investigate this. Not saying that I... Now, off principle, I do not feel like... That is something that should be illegal. In my honest opinion, if you're an athlete, you should get academic credit for being an athlete. Why? Because it takes up so much of your time. You really are there to be an athlete, regardless of what anybody says, or regardless of the whole student-athlete premise. You are there. You are there for sports. Let's, let's, just, let's just make that very clear. I was a resident advisor in, in, in college. I had... I had a lot of athletes on the hall. I had about eight of them, and that's and their schedule was rigorous. I mean, they were up earlier than everybody else. They couldn't really go out on nights that the rest of us were going out on because they were practicing or doing whatever. This it takes up a lot of your time, and I had the chance to sit down and talk to a lot of them and really get a feel for exactly the kind of demand that they're dealing with. And I went to Western Carolina. I didn't even go to that big of a the school. We weren't even we're not even that big on women's soccer. So I can't imagine high major blue-blooded women's soccer schools. I don't even know where that would be. But um I can't imagine somewhere that's a little bit more competitive for someone that's competing for a national championship. I mean, you probably you, you probably legitimately don't have the time. So I absolutely think just based on principle that you deserve to have that there's, or I should say that there's nothing wrong with getting a couple extra credit hours to help you through, just simply for doing what you're already there to do. I have no problem with that, especially when the school is able to benefit financially from it. Now, as far as UNC is concerned, I've been saying it, been saying it for years. It is the absolute sweetest feeling to know that everything I have said has become correct. Now, if I had to, to basically sum this whole thing up, Again, if you hopefully if you've, you've been if you've been following the case of doing some research, um, you'll be with me on this. If not, you'll probably want to go back and look. But basically, what we're dealing with, what I, my understanding now that I can look at it, the entire scope of it, my understanding is back in the '90s, Julius Nangoro and Deborah Crowder started this African American working in the African American Studies Department started this independent study course with the paper writing and originally intended for it to just be a place where you could come and and learn in a different kind of environment which is not necessarily meeting but writing the um 
so just submitting the paper. Well, I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm not sure exactly what was going on in this course. But anyway, the course was made available to everyone. Now, my understanding is Crowder specifically came to the athletic, some of the athletic department heads and said, hey, look, I got this. We just started this course. If you guys would like, send some of your athletes over. I think it would be a great opportunity for them. And so they started doing it. And so the athletes start enrolling, and now every court, and pretty much what was going on was, and every, and every, and you all know this. See, this is why I think, first of all, people that didn't go to college, really, you sh- you're you're pretty much should be banned from commenting on this whole story. Honestly, if you didn't go to college, you shouldn't even be able to talk about this situation because you probably won't understand. But those of us that went to college reason why I say that is because those of us that went to college, you know, if a course is, if, if there's a course that is, that is easy, or if there's a professor that everybody likes, just by word of mouth, that's going to get out. Everyone knows there, there are whole websites de- dedicated to who's got the best classes or who's got the easiest classes or who the best professors are, or who gives the least amount of work. There are whole websites. Every school's got one. There are whole websites dedicated to this stuff where people just go on there and share their experiences on courses. So I think what ha- what was happening were was athletes and coaches were coming back and and saying, "Hey, this is this works out. I think this is a this is a course that fits our schedule. It allows us to do what we want to do with practices and games and whatnot. But you know, guys are able to come in and write this paper and still get credit for it." I don't see anything wrong with that. I'm still trying to figure out. Now, I know some of y'all are Duke fans and Kentucky fans, and we know why you're upset. But I'm really trying to figure out where the rest of college sports fans have an issue with this. Because if I'm not, again, if you didn't go to college, you're not qualified to talk about this. But I would like to see everybody else that has a problem with this or claims that it's cheating Please, please, because most of y'all were 2.5 GPA students anyway. Please, go back and show me your transcripts and show me all these rigorous classes that you were taking. Show me how you didn't have not one elective or GPA booster type class in your entire three or four or five years, six for some of y'all, or however long you were in school. Please show me where you had no GPA booster type classes in there at all. I would love to see that. I took them. Most people I know took them. Everybody had a class that they knew look i'm i'm a little bit busy right now this is a this is going to be a tough semester for me i mean, it would be nice to have at least one class that i know i can get an a in everyone does this again well i don't i don't see what was fundamentally wrong with this and if you didn't do it you probably know someone who did again i would love to see any i would i would challenge anyone to show me where they didn't take one course similar to this while during their time in school or say that you wouldn't have done it if you had known that it was something that you could do i would really just love to see anybody that does that because to be quite honest like i said i really don't understand where this outrage is coming from i really think people just wanted to see a story people just like seeing drama and like seeing successful people rise to the top and then just get taken just to tear them down that's just the nature of society it's really backwards i don't get it but that's just what we're dealing with but to put it in layman terms this really to anybody that is reasonable or anybody that was looking at the facts of the case this really should not have come 
as a shock to anyone. Again, the NCAA is not does not have the power to enforce what they were trying to enforce. And you went and it really when it comes down to whether a class is legitimate or not, that's an issue with your accreditation agency. That is not an athletics issue. And the and the accreditation agency that UNC that UNC deals with has punished them already. So there's really nothing that you really have nothing. And like I said, it should not be surprising. I'm I'm just glad that it's over. I'm looking forward to UNC being able to say that all that their championships were legitimate. They are undisputed. And more so than ever, we're going to be right back in the recruitment game, specifically in basketball, because we all know this has undoubtedly hurt the program in terms of recruiting. We're, we have not been able to get the blue chip prospects that we as UNC fans, longtime UNC fans, have been accustomed to seeing. And that's probably another big thing that we have to look forward to moving forward. I am super excited about that. And that's pretty much all I had to say there. Now, moving forward, part two of this podcast that I wanted to cover is this new Colin Kaepernick development Whereas just when just when stuff had kind of died down, talking about Kaepernick specifically, really we had gotten to a point of anthem protests and who is protesting and who isn't and why are they doing it and is it right and can guys be forced to stand and blah, blah, blah. Now we're getting back to the conversation. Colin Kaepernick has reinserted himself back into the news. We are now back having the conversation of whether or not he is being blackballed or whiteballed or um, uh, colluded is the legal term. Uh, what's just to read this excerpt, excerpt from ESPN NFL Nation? Colin Kaepernick and his representatives face a high bar to prove that NFL owners have colluded to keep him out of the league this season, as alleged in a grievance filed Sunday, and that grievance did say. If the NFL, as well as professional sports teams, is to remain a meritocracy, then principled and peaceful protest, which the owners themselves made great theater imitating weeks ago, should not be punished, and athletes should not be denied employment based on partisan political provocation by the executive branch of our government. Such a precedent threatens all patriotic Americans and harkens back to our darkest days as a nation. Protecting all athletes from such collusive conduct is what compelled Mr. Kaepernick to file his grievance. Colin Kaepernick's goal has always been and remains to simply be treated fairly by the league he performed at the highest level for and to return to the football playing field. Now, I am very conflicted on this. Um, Essentially what is happening is Colin Kaepernick has now taken legal action against the NFL claiming that the owners are colluding to keep him out of the league and to keep him from having a job. I have several different views on this. My my emotional side is definitely with Kaepernick on this one because there is really nothing you can say to me at this point that's going to convince me that Colin Kaepernick is not just based on talent able and more than qualified to be employed in the National Football League. I think anybody that's reasonable that has been watching football will say that. 
And uh, quite frankly, if you're still making a case as to why he's not af- why he's not good enough to at least have a have a roster spot, then as, there's really just no point in talking to you anymore. Um, I really I don't even discuss it. It's just it is what it is. Um, but the fact of the matter is, my logical side looks at this and says, okay. Collusion is a pretty serious allegation, and one that would be difficult to prove. See, the thing is, at the end of the day, in a court of law, when you're talking about from a legal standpoint, and and granted, I'm not a paralegal, I'm not a lawyer, I'm just thinking how this would work and my understanding of it, Colin Kaepernick would have to prove that, that some... Some own either either all thirty two or you know three or four owners in some capacity got together and exchanged communication and communicated with each other to say we're not going to sign this guy regardless of what happens we're not going to let him work out we're not going to let him try out that would have to be proven again it's pretty clear what's going on but can we prove it we can speculate all day it's 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 clear. It's plain as day what's happening, but what we're what I'm looking at is can he prove it? And see, you would have to find some emails, some text messages, maybe a phone call, something between multiple owners, basically saying we're going to make sure Kaepernick doesn't have a job in the NFL. I don't know if that's something you can prove. I really don't. And I and to be quite honest with you, I don't necessarily like the thought of somebody having to go to court to explain why they make the hiring decisions that they make. I mean, it makes you it makes you dumb. It makes you stupid, but should you be able should you have to should you have to show up in court? Should you be served papers every time you make a hiring decision that somebody doesn't agree with I, I don't know if I necessarily like that premise as it, as it pertains to Kaepernick it kind of makes sense but see the thing is if you go with that from a legal standpoint now what you're I feel like you're setting a precedent you have to think about things like that as well what precedent are we setting are we setting a precedent that anytime you hire somebody and you pick one or the other you have to show up in a court of law and explain yourself if the person decides to take legal action. I don't know if I necessarily like that premise, but here's where I do think here's where I do think Kaepernick might have a point. Because see the owners, as it stands, if you're just trying to prove collusion, unless you have something unless there's some information out there that hasn't been made public that we just don't know about, I think you're gonna have a hard time in a court of law proving that unless you can figure out like I said, unless you got something in writing or some concrete evidence that they all corresponded together because at the end of the day owners i mean who's worked them out dolphins can say that you know they can make up that lie that jay cutler and adam gase had a relationship and that's what they felt more comfortable with even though that hasn't really come to fruition this so far this season um you got the the ravens can say that you know kaepernick insulted the owner and that's why they're, they haven't signed. Again, doesn't really hold water, but 
they can say whatever they want. You'd really have no way of proving otherwise. I don't know if you necessarily have a case there, not to mention the NFL's collective bargaining agreement even doesn't necessarily favor Kaepernick either. And I want to read from, and this is from the NFL's collective bargaining agreement, which basically governs most things like this, including this particular case. Um, But here's the wording from the collective bargaining agreement. Again, ESPN put this up. The failure by a club or clubs to negotiate, to submit offer sheets, or to sign contracts with restricted free agents or transition players, or to negotiate, make offers, or sign contracts for the playing services of such players or unrestricted free agents, shall not, by itself, or in combination only with evidence about the playing skills of the player or players not receiving any such offer or contract, satisfy the burden of proof set forth. Um, In other words, the just failure to sign a player is not against the NFL's rules. So if that's where you're going, if that's where Kaepernick is going, I I don't think Kaepernick is a dumb guy. I don't think Mark Garagos, his uh, high-profile celebrity lawyer that's dealt with a lot of... um, has dealt with a lot of celebrities in the past and has been wildly successful. I don't think he's a dumb guy either. I don't think they take this to court if they don't think that they can prove it without a shadow of a doubt. I'm just looking at what's public and what we know, and I'm just, and I'm saying this is going to be a tough one. Now, here's where I think. Here's where I think he actually. They, now, here's an angle, and again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm just throwing stuff out. Here's an angle that I think he could take that might actually work. The San Francisco 49ers are 0-6. The Miami Dolphins pulled out a win, pulled a win out of their rear ends on Sunday, but Miami Dolphins are 3-2. Okay, that's fine. Cleveland is 0-6. Indianapolis is two and three. The Baltimore Ravens are three and three. That might not be the best example. But in other words, there are several teams that clearly could use his services. San Francisco, 0-6, his former team. There are several teams that could use his services. And I think... If you're going to take this angle, I would say I would say you're not putting a quality product on the field. Your job as an owner, your obligation to your fans is to give them their money's worth. Your season ticket holders and your people that are coming to your games and that and in not signing Colin Kaepernick, you are making the conscious decision to deny your fans their money's worth and a quality experience and a quality product on the field by not signing Colin Kaepernick because you want to make a political statement. I think that would be a much more reasonable angle to take. And I think one that would actually be a lot easier to prove. Again, we're, we're almost halfway through the season. Some teams haven't even gotten one win yet. So you have to look at that and say, well, Colin Kaepernick could easily turn this situation around. You haven't even worked him out yet. You're denying your fans in inexper- You're denying your fans a proper 
a proper experience. Because you're not putting a winning product on the field. You're not even trying. You're not taking every you're not taking you're not taking every opportunity to put a winning product on the field, which is which should be your number one priority. That should be every NFL owner's number one priority is to is to win. And that's always been my stance with Colin Kaepernick, is Colin Kaepernick would clearly put some of these teams in a better situation to win. And some teams are actively choosing not to win because they don't like Kaepernick's stance or, you know, whatever, or whatever it is. Or I got some, some people trying to tell me that people were telling me in week one that, that uh, NFL teams are tanking and Colin Kaepernick would, would hurt them by winning. Do y'all understand how ridiculous this is getting now? Colin Kaepernick is hurting your organization because he would win you, he would actually, he might actually win you some games. And it makes more sense to tank in week one. We we just started the season. And people were telling me that teams like the Jets and the Dolphins or whoever were were trying, were intentionally trying to tank on in week one. Again, if you believe that, you probably should get sued. Because me as a fan, if you're telling me you're tanking and we haven't even started playing football yet, that's a problem. I'm a season ticket holder. I'm buying tickets. I want to see you at least try. So you really got people that believe it makes more sense to just go ahead and throw away the whole season that we haven't even that hasn't even gotten underway yet. Let's just go ahead and throw it all away because God forbid Colin Ka- we sign Colin Kaepernick and we actually win some damn games. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. But then again, I've been saying it from months and this is why I don't really talk to anti-Kaepernick people at this point because you because they say stuff like this and think it makes sense. Um again, it's it's just it's very it's very tough. Uh, like I said, getting back to his case with this whole collusion thing. Again, I don't think Kaepernick or his or his lawyer are dumb guys. I don't think they take this case if they don't think they can win it. I don't think they're just doing it just to do it. Um, and again, what from what we know, what's out there for public record, based on all of those things, it does look kind of tough. Um, it does look like a tough case, but again, maybe they got some information that they're just not putting out there right now. Maybe they got some stuff that we don't know about. I would not ignore it. I see a lot of people writing this off and thinking that this is some kind of a joke. I would, I'm telling you right now, I want to go on record right now and say it. I don't, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't write it off just yet. This might actually, it, it might end up being a flop. It might end up. It might end up not going anywhere, but I wouldn't ignore it. I definitely would. I definitely would not ignore it. That's all I'm saying. I like I said. I think. I think there's more to this case than what's being let on. But we'll see. That remains to be seen. That's a developing thing, and it'll be something to pay attention to. In the meantime, in as we transition to this next part, before I get out of here, I definitely want to get into the L of the week and. Hopefully you guys will enjoy it. I'm actually going to got my own intro music coming for the L of the week section. So I'm going to let that I'm going to let you guys listen to that for a little bit while I take a break and then we'll be right back.
Again, it's time to hand out this L of the Week. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that little transition music. I think that's going to be a more permanent thing moving forward. I wanted to try it out this week, but I think I'm going to make that a permanent thing. Uh, but this L of the Week is going to go to the Atlanta Falcons, who lost 20-17 to at home in Atlanta to the Miami Dolphins in their new stadium. Once again, we see the Atlanta Falcons surrendering a huge lead. They were up 17-0 at halftime and got bageled in the second half while also surrendering 20 straight points. Falcons blew a 17-0 lead, kind of reminiscent of what happened in the Super Bowl there, but the Miami Dolphins, come on. Their coaches, their coaching staff is on crack, for crying out loud. They got Jay Cutler, who can barely, who can barely put any points on the board against other. T- I believe they they put up zero points either the week before or two weeks ago. And you were at home in Atlanta. That should have been a gimme game, and especially with a seventeen nothing lead, I would have put, I would have bet every dime I had that Atlanta was going to win that game. Glad that I didn't, but I would have bet every dime I had after watching that first half that Atlanta was going to pull this one out. But somehow they managed to blow it. And I know they were I know Julio Jones was injured. I know you got some other things going on, but that was just that was just terrible. That was just awful. It was they bailed out they bailed out Miami on several occasions. It just looked like a complete collapse. And hopefully they get right next week. But, guess what? Guess what we're dealing with next week? The New England Patriots. Falcons have to go to New England and play the Patriots of all people after blowing a lead. Not looking good for them, but that's all I'm going to say. Again, I appreciate everybody listening. This has been the Mind of Mike J podcast. New episodes every week. And until then... I will be signing off. I enjoy you guys, and hopefully we'll see you next week.